0: It's that time. Oh Everything and anything basketball, presented by The Outrage. With Cajun Theroux, Danny and host Spencer Byers, this is Polar Opposites.
1: Welcome everyone, we're back, Polar Opposites, Spencer Byers, Cajun Theroux, Danny Castleman. And I know it's been a minute. Cage and I have had some stuff going on. Volleyball season is almost over for us, so we'll be able to almost be able to uh, fully focus on this, obviously with other things in mind. But Cage, we will just move straight into it because a lot of stuff's happened since we last spoke. And I would say a big thing that happened was uh, two performances for the H's, if you will. Luka Doncic drops... 73 points in one game, Mm -hmm. the fourth most ever in NBA history. Ironically, it is the same week that Joel Embiid scores 70, and Embiid did it first. Embiid dropped 70, and then Doncic later that week drops 73 to place him fourth, only behind Uh Wilt Chamberlain and Kobe Bryant. Uh, it kind of makes me miss the era of defense,
0: though. Because teams are scoring at will and as great as these performances are from Luka Doncic, from
1: Joel Embiid, I think even Devin Booker... Devin Booker. Curry just, dropped six, Curry just dropped 60 yesterday in a loss. Yeah, there's three guys that have dropped at least 60, and it's been in a loss.
0: So it's like... I don't know. like it, 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 The scoring explosion is at an all-time high, but at the same time... Maybe this is just maybe this is just me, but I kind of miss the era of defense. I kind of miss the good old days because the rules have been put to a point
2: in which you can't you 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 can't foul anyone. Like
0: sorry, you can't play defense the way that you use the way that they were used to. It kind of sucks.
1: It definitely doesn't, uh, I don't think it helps the game in the way the NBA wants it to. And I'm not necessarily saying that scoring a lot is bad, but the lack of defense definitely is bad. Like, I know that Coach Ariyama with the uh, UConn Huskies female team, the perennial The perennial dynasty on the women's side of the bracket, I know there's a clip that I've seen quite a few times of uh, him talking about, you know, the difference between European players and North American players. And he said, North American players, they play six games and practice once a week. The European players play one game and practice six times a week and we wonder why the European players are so much better fundamentally than the North American players. We wonder why the, South, the, the European players are not coming over and dominating the game. Like, Cage, look at who the top players are. Luka Doncic, Slovenian, Giannis, Greek, Jokic, Serbian, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Canadian. And yeah, he's not European, but he ain't American. You know, so you could argue some of the best players in the world right now Joel Embiid from Africa. You know, so it's getting to a point where there are a litany of fantastic basketball players that are not from the USA. And it's getting wider and wider. The gap between, I'll say, I guess the gap is thinning between the amount of European players and the amount of American players. And no, I don't ever think that there will be more the more diversity in the NBA, comparatively speaking, saying there'll be more European players than than U.S. players. But to think that we're going to have a lot more European players coming over and being really good, I mean, I think that's just a given. Because it's already happening. It's been happening. So hopefully, you know, the the youth level can get back some of that Maybe even defensive focus, but just change the way the youth look at basketball. Because you and I both see it. You walk into any gym in the in our country, in Canada, but in any gym in North America, every single guy is shooting threes, not playing great defense. You know, not really running, running the floor. That's just not the way the game's played anymore. Which, a I don't think is particularly fun. Not only because I can't really shoot threes, but also I just think it takes away a lot of the individual brilliance you used to see from guys like AI and stuff. When all you have to do is step out for a three, or you know, create just enough space to pull up your shot. Which, when you're gaming Lillard, you can do that. But when you're 13 years old, you can't do that. So, uh, I I think it's a I think it has to start at the grassroots level to be able to get to the NBA level. The kids understand that you have to be able to do certain things to be at the next level. And right now, it's just if you can shoot, you can play. If you can consistently hit your shots, it doesn't matter if you can run, doesn't matter if you can jump high, doesn't matter if you can play defense, doesn't matter if you can rebound, pass, doesn't matter. All those things you can add. If you can shoot, you can play. If you can't shoot, you must be elite at at least two or three of those other things. Like, Draymond Green is not an elite shooter. He's a really good passer. He's a great defender in the NBA right now for what good defenders look like. And he's a pretty good rebounder. You yes. have to be good at everything else. It used to be you have to be pretty good at two or three things, and shooting is an asset. Now, it is shooting. shooting is the prerequisite to getting those other skills. Mm. And... I don't know if we'll ever go back to it, Cage. And that's what worries me for the future of the NBA, the future of basketball as a whole, is I don't know if we'll we'll ever get back to a level where the other things truly matter, unless the rules start changing again, which I know everyone would hate because we hated when the rules changed the first time. And Mm -hmm. I say we as mean fans. We didn't like when the rules changed the first time. We're not going to like when the rules change again. So... Maybe you you and I are the, uh, you're, you're the old head and I'm the younger head, but I, I agree with you, Cage. That's why I prefer college basketball, because it's, yes. it may, I'll say it's actual basketball, but it just, it feels, has that feeling to me, you know, of, of sets matter, you know, your style matters, defenses matter, coaching matters, and the NBA coaching doesn't matter. It's reason why we ranked our top five coaches, and, you know, there's more cheerleaders in the NBA than there are coaches. They don't coach. They're just yep. motivators. They're not there putting in plays, putting in defenses. That's not what they do. Because the guys who do, they they skyrocket above the competition, like Eric Spolstra, like Rick Carlisle. So I'll, I guess we should probably finish with, again, good on Luka and Embiid. Europe, two non-American players, even though Embiid will represent the U.S. the Olympics next year or this coming year, this coming summer in mm. Paris, you know, the two non-Americans dropped 73 and 70 in the same week to be in the leaderboards for most points ever with Wilt Chamberlain, with Kobe Bryant. I mean, just etching their names in what, you know, Embiid could argue an in, in a Hall of Fame career and what Luca hopes to be a Hall of Fame career. They'll both be Hall of Famers. You'd expect, but obviously I think that's also barring injury and all the things we don't want to talk about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now moving if, on to a – go
2: ahead, Cage. Draymond if I don't want
1: to that. The, you know what, No, 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 Cage. You're not, you're not finishing that sentence. Draymond Green is not a Hall of Famer. Shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. I don't care what anyone says to be a Hall of Famer, but he will be. Yeah, he will be. Okay, great job. He got, got, what, four rings? Good for him. Happy for him. He can take those four rings already right to the TNT desk. Anyway. The the inside the NBA,
2: you know who should be inducted into the Hall of Fame? The inside the NBA crew.
1: Basically, all of them already are. The only one who's not in the Hall of Fame is the guy who didn't play basketball, and Ernie Johnson and Kenny the Jet Smith. Yeah, but like as a media outlet. Yeah, I, I don't think they count, Cage. I don't think they count. I agree with you, but I don't think they count. Anyway, we'll move on to a trade that surprised me, Cage. I don't know if it surprised you. The Charlotte Hornets trade scary Terry Rozier to uh, the Miami Heat for Kyle Lowry and a first-round pick. Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry going from the Miami Heat, the contending Heat, to the, the 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 pretty bad Charlotte Hornets, the consistently pretty bad Charlotte Hornets. Pretty bad might be an understatement. So, uh, Cage, obviously, I don't even ask you who won. The Heat won this trade. But mm-hmm. let's look at it from the Charlotte side first. Do you like the trade for Kyle Lowry and a first round pick? Because a first round pick, you hope it's something. But. Well, you yeah. have to get value
2: for Terry. And getting a first round pick out of it is good. Um, but. Obviously, there was no intent for Lowry to play in Charlotte. Like, he's, they're either going to find a trade partner for him or they're going to buy him out and mm-hmm. he can. Find his way to a contender. Um by the way, come back
1: home to Toronto. Come on home. Con- contender. Contender? Contender. The Raptors are what? Twelfth right now in the East? Contender. States hey man. Contender? Hey man, Larry bleeds Raptor Red or Raptor Purple or whatever you want to call it. Well, uh, you know what? You no know he's gonna be bleeding? Celtics green in a, in about two weeks. No, he won't. Actually, yeah. you know what? That's right. We don't even need him. We'll just stash him on the bench. He'll, he'll just become the 12th guy off the bench. He'll be a cheerleader. Warm the seat for Jason Tatum.
2: Speaking of, great performance,
1: by the way, against the Lakers B crew. Anyway, Cage, finish your soliloquy about the Charlotte Hornets and their, their trade You're acquisitions. The I I never argued that. I'm just saying finish your soliloquy on the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are very bad. Um,
2: they needed a first round. This trade doesn't change that. Yeah, this trade does not change that. Um, if if anything, it gives more runway to Brandon Miller to show off his game and Lamelo, and Lamelo to take more reins of the offense. Um, I think it's I think this trade was just to like fully rebuild, rebuild, and you gotta wonder is Miles Bridges next? Is what happens with PJ Washington, or as I like to call him, based off of fantasy purposes, MJ Washington? He's had forty or, point performances whenever he's been on my team, so there's that. Or or Gordon Hayward. Or Gordon Hayward, exactly. When does he come back? When does he get traded? Does he stay in Charlotte? Like, is there a part trade partner for him? There's so many questions in Charlotte, but <clears throat> I don't know if they're gonna trade Miles Bridges per se because. Based off of his history, it was a surprise that they brought him back. I don't think they're going to trade him. I don't. See, I can't see that happening. But Hayward should be should go. And what happens with Mark Williams? Because he's been out with a back injury. Like, does he play at all this season? Like, so many questions in Charlotte. But getting a first round pick and getting younger is a
1: start. Now on the he- he- and that now on the Heat side, they get obviously the best player in this trade, and that is no offense to Kyle Lowry, who's definitely had a lot of injuries, but Scary Terry is, is Scary Terry Cajun. And even he's even played well in his uh ten games or so or five games pardon me or so playing for Miami since coming over from Charlotte. But he is a perfect spark plug off the bench for that team. Especially with the you like this, the Heat team struggling right now. It's cause they
2: suck. Yeah, come back to come back to me. Come playoff time. Come back to they me. They gotta now. make
1: it. They gotta make it first. They gotta make it
2: first. Oh, they'll find a way to make it. They always find a way to make it. But when they make it,
0: oh boy, it's scary. It, it, like scary Terry, it's scary hours for the rest of the East. <laughs> and scary hours for your Celtics. But that's beside the point. Um, they needed a spark plug. Offensively, they just got a lot of guys that are good at their roles
2: but can't create shots. Someone a la Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero, those are pretty pretty much the only two shot creators on the team. And maybe bam to a degree. So getting another shot creator, which is huge come playoff time I can't stress this enough it's huge come playoff time Um, to kind of diversify the offense it helps matters out now have they struggled
0: yes they're just trying to put the pieces together but I think this is going to be a team co- this is going to be a team to watch this is going to be a t- they, they definitively got better And they got deeper.
1: Now we'll move off into the all-star game that is coming up in the NBA. And looking at some guys who didn't end up making the cut. So let's go through the Eastern all-stars. So the starters for the Eastern Conference are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, our guy Tyrese Halliburton, and uh, Damian Lillard? Okay, Damian Lillard making the, the starting lineup, Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Julius Randle, Cajun's favorite player, Tyrese Maxey, and Paolo Banchero are the reserves for the Eastern Conference. Now, Cage, I don't know how Damian Lillard starts over Jalen Brown because the Celtics are four games above the Milwaukee Bucks. In the Eastern Conference standings. And Jalen Brown had a better season than Damian Lillard. Cut has it out. This it up, season. Cut it, up, cut but, it up, cut but, out. But Jalen but, Brown will be starting the All Star game. If anything, there's a bigger argument for Jalen Brunson. I, I don't. I For the Knickerbockers? For the Knickerbockers. This is a competition for the best players. The best team in the East should have two players in, not the second-best team in the East should have two players. That is dumb. That is ridiculous. And I don't want to hear your slander of Jalen Brown, who's averaging 22 a night right now, shooting Brunson's almost 50% from the field. Yeah, but Brunson's a point guard. You already got Halliburton on the floor. You might as well actually have a shooting guard beside the point guard. I know, Cage, what a concept. But anyway... But anyway, uh, do you have any snubs for the Eastern Conference? Because the only one I can really think of, to be completely honest, for the East, I would say Franz Wagner could have been in contention. But not a whole good. lot of forwards made it. Like, you look at the forwards who made it, Cage, it's on the reserves. It's what? Bam, who's a center. Randall and Boncaro, his teammate. So a whole lot of forwards made it in the East. So Franz got to kind of push his way past either his teammate or Randall.
0: Mm. Maybe I'm being biased here, but I got to say Scotty. But his
1: team's record plays against him. Well, exactly, Cage. I, we we both know you got to say Scotty because you're a homer and you're biased. We understand. It's okay. You know, you think the twelfth place Raptors should have an all star. You know, well, Scotty the two all stars. So I'm not trying. Yeah, to get it. but yeah, but there are two stars. So you know, just like Darko Ryakovich had to deal with earlier this season. You know, when you play against some stars, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have some problems. And then, I mean, you got to mention Trey Young too. I mean, I've also thinking Trey Young. If as I don't like Trey Young. Twenty seven and eleven assists, twenty seven points, eleven assists. Like, how does he not make it? Like, and I, I love, we love Maxie. That's second, Obviously, second year. Obviously, JP's my guy. Of- Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell's led his team really well without a bunch of guys due to injury. Mm-hmm.
0: But I mean, this is this is the second year in a row where he's averaged that
1: like. Those stats and not make the All-Star team. And again, you normally would say, well, it's because the Hawks are 10th, but then you see the Lakers are 9th, and they got two guys in the All-Star game, and obviously it's LeBron and AD, but, you know, it you can't slate guys for criteria and then move the goalposts for other guys because they're LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And yeah, I know they were going to go regardless of where the Lakers were placed. But you can't do that and then say, "Well, Trey Young, you don't make it because your team sucks." Yeah, but I'm having a great year. So what is that? How does that make any sense? So I, I don't disagree with you there, Cage. Now let's go over to the Western Conference. I think we had everybody just about. And let me let me announce it. Let me announce it. You want to do the West? All right, Cage. You you go ahead and do the West. Who who are the Western Conference All Stars? Well, in terms of the starters, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilchis Alexander.
0: Canadian, Hamilton's own,
1: LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and the best player in the world, Nikola Jokic. That is three non-US players in the starting lineup for the Western team, and there's two non-US players in the East. So that's five out of of five out of ten starters in the All-Star game for either side that are non-US. That's pretty spectacular. But you would have to think with Embiid and Randall, like there's going to be two replacements. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Which, uh, hopefully, which ho- hopefully some one of the snubs for the West gets in, but go ahead, Cage, with uh, who else makes the Western Conference?
2: Um, and then
0: the reserves. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Steph Curry. Not a starter. Still Surprising. A Anthony Data Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Spencer's favorite player of all time. They call him Cat Carl
1: Anthony Towns. He is the the, the Dominican's best player. He's the be- he's the best player. He's the best player of all time. For the Dominican.
0: No, man, just the best player of all time.
1: But I will say, Cage, and we're gonna get into Snubs. We're gonna get into Snubs. Because you look at those guys who make the list. There's two Clippers in there, there's two T Wolves in there. They're first, they're second and third right now in the West. Obviously, Curry makes it, even though Golden State is 12th, because he's Steph Curry. Anthony Davis and LeBron James make it, because they're LeBron James and Anthony Davis, regardless the Lakers are ninth. Yep. Devin Booker on the sixth place, Phoenix, with there with Kevin Durant. Beal has been hurt all year. Beal would probably somehow have made his way to the All-Star game, you'd think. You'd think. Hmm. But how in the world, the Sacramento Kings at 29 and 19, fifth in the Western Conference, not send one of their top two players? I don't get it. De'Aaron Fox is averaging 27 and a half points a game, five and a half assists, and four rebounds. Demontis Sabonis is averaging a hair under 20 points a game at 19.9, eight assists, and 13 rebounds. He is averaging more in every single category, including field goal and three-point percentage, than Cat, except for points per game. Cat's got the DeMontis beat. Other than that, DeMontis crushes him in rebounds, crushes him in assists, beats him in field goal percentage, beats him in three-point percentage. And, of course, Cat makes it in, and DeMontis doesn't. And Fox doesn't. Doesn't Fox is averaging more points. Than Paul George is for the Los Angeles Clippers, and yes, the Clippers are ahead of Sacramento, but they already got one in Kawhi Leonard. They should have got one, not both. Yep. But and the Clippers honestly, have also Cage, been the
2: hottest team in the league too, so recency bias does play a role. I'm not it saying always, it's right. It
1: always does. It always does. I'm not saying it's <laughs> right, but it's the reality. It always, it always seems to play a role, doesn't it? Yep. And then you look down the list of other teams that, you know, may have had a guy who could have could have gone in. Laurie Markinen doesn't make the cut. And the Jazz have been rolling
2: too.
0: Well, look, it kind of
1: cooled off a little bit, but You look at the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram and or Zion Williamson don't make the cut. I don't think that's wrong, but they still don't make the cut. Mm-hmm. Golden State obviously get their One all-star is Steph Curry. But yep. could you have argued Anthony Sengun should have been an all-star for the Houston Rockets?
2: With the way he's playing? Yeah. But record does play against him. But then again, Steph's an all-star. Who's below him. Yep.
1: And uh, ironically, Cage is basically shooting identical stats to De'Aaron Fox. Yep. 28 points a game for Curry. Five assists and four point four rebounds. Those are almost identical to De'Aaron Fox. And one's a multi-time all-star, and one has never made the all-star game.
2: Man so man has literally been called Baby Jokic.
1: So it it really is turning into the All-Star game, which it always has been. It's just turning into a who do we like most? Like, it's got nothing to do with your team or how you're doing. It's who are the biggest stars at any given point to make the game. And yeah. there may be one or two guys that make it in because of stats. Like, you'd expect Shea is in the starting lineup because of stats. Or they, they would have put Curry or right. Edwards or, or Edwards in there. You look at the, the East, it's Halliburton. If Halliburton, you know, isn't averaging 13 assists a game, probably you look at probably Mitchell is in the starting lineup, or maybe Brunson is in the starting lineup. Yep. But other than those guys, the rest of them are just legacy picks. They're just legacy picks. Yeah. Which is aggravating when you think about it from the perspective of the guys who don't make the lineup or don't even make it in. It you could argue deserved the honor of being an all star as much as I'll be honest as an athlete if I was an athlete I wouldn't have wouldn't give two hoots I take the week off and go to vacation or staycation whatever came first. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just me. So, Cage, now looking at these two rosters between the east and the west who do you think wins the all star game that we you and I are definitely gonna be watching. The West. Oh, you take Data Davis and the, the, Los Angel, the, the Los Angeles West All-Star team? Well,
0: and Bede's also hurt, too.
1: When isn't he? Like, when ah, isn't that's he? Fair. That, 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 that's like, fair my thing. God, when isn't he?
2: But I think the play style of, like, the players from the West suits better for the All-Star game.
0: Obviously, with Dame being in the East, that kind of changes things a little bit, but... You got LeBron, you got Kevin Durant, um,
2: Devin Booker, AD, Steph. You know what? That They've sounds all like? gone hot in the All Star game before, and Anthony Edwards is one of those guys that his style of play
1: is suited for the All Star game. Cage, you know, you know, before you said Edwards, you know what? It sounded like you were talking about the retirement home. We got Curry, we got James, we got Anthony Davis. What's going on here? What 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 is this? What is this? the the, the men's league team? All well, these guys are ancient. Their birth certificates How? are etched in stone. Their sin numbers are in the single digits.
2: That's said sin number. I'm crying.
1: Like, I, I, can't, I can't believe this. You got the I East cannot team. believe this. Giannis, Giannis, young. Tatum, young. Halliburton, really young. Lillard's like the only old head of the group, and he's not even that old. Brunson, young guy. Mitchell, young guy. Jalen Brown, young guy. Bam, young guy. Randall, young guy. Maxie, young guy. Boncaro, young guy. I get that, but
0: there's
1: there's their their style of play. I get it, Cade. I get it. Because because you're the old head in this chat, you're going to go for the old head team of the West. I understand. Okay, You know what? I should have I should have thought it. I shouldn't even have asked you the question. I should have just known all these old guys you used to watch as a kid. You're going to pick them. I should have thought about it. So you know what? It's okay, cage. You stick with the Western Conference. You stick with all the ancient, old, decrepit guys in the Western Conference, and I will take the young, vibrant, fun, fast, Young Eastern Conference, and give me my Boston Celtics to take it. Tatum will win the MVP, and it'll prove that he is not only the 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 should be MVP, he is the best player around. The best. He's not going to
2: be the MVP. So come on now, stop being delusional.
1: Delusional. Delusional. You're not picking the old heads. You're not picking the 35 plus year olds. Nah, man. What kind of of club is this? Uh,
2: My my pick right now. My pick right now.
1: Surprisingly. Is it Canadian? You're going to take Shea. Oh, yeah, because there's no bias there, Cage.
2: Are you really going to disagree with me over a Canadian? It's if not a bias. West,
1: if the West do win, it's either going to be Shea or it's going to be... I Luka. just mean NBA Jokic NB, ain't going to care. Jokic is going to play three minutes. Yeah. So. And Jokic will, be, will play three minutes. He'll switch into sweats in the second quarter and go watch horse racing in the third quarter. <laughs> So, like, I I know Jokic ain't winning it. I wish he would, but I know he's not winning it. So it's going to be Luka or Shea if the West do win it, unless LeBron James decides to play the entire game, which wouldn't surprise me.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, 20th All-Star game sets a record, record, which, by the way, a heck of an accomplishment.
1: Well, he's, he's the greatest ever, Kish. And I don't care what any LeBron or any Jordan lover... Anyone who was born in the 70s who watched Jordan play in the 80s and 90s, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you remember. Doesn't matter to me. The reality is the greatest basketball player to ever walk the earth happens to be playing right now. And let's also be honest in saying he might have guys playing right now that could push him later down the line, depending on how their careers unfold. Because I do believe in the evolution of the game and that, players do get better as the sports evolve. See, I don't think that's true, though. I think it's, I, I would not unequivocally say it's Jordan.
2: But I think it's subjective.
1: Well, it, it, everything's subjective, Cage. My God. Everything's subjective. Driving's subjective, which might be so many accidents. Why, Jordan why played you and in I an era which in defense
2: was, Jordan played in an era in which defense was actually, they it, players could actually play defense. For the first half of LeBron's career that seemed to be the case, but like the last half of LeBron's career, that hasn't been the case. So you wonder, like, and like technology has gotten better. So we'll never know. Like I You never know. I I used to say I used to say I used to say Jordan unequivocally, but it's subjective right
1: now. Like well we won't know. I think what? it's easily LeBron James, but you know what? It's okay, kid. You can you can hedge your bet. You can you you can you can say the subjective. You can you can cri- cri- criteria. Don't matter to me. Anyway, so I think the East wins. You think the old head win? I think Tatum wins the MVP. You think Shea wins the MVP?
2: I did not say that. I said Shea was gonna win the MVP just in general.
1: Oh, I thought you meant the All Star MVP. No, I'm no, talking no. about the the season MVP. I was saying the All Star Game MVP is going to be Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. See, I, see, that's not a bad one. You know, propel be... it to a real MVP, a deserved MVP. But he's going to win the All Star Game MVP when the East kick the snot out of those old heads, out of those guys who are going to need ice after the second quarter.
2: Hey, man. So,
1: not... It's wins, okay. Who wins the MVP? If the West do win, in your opinion. Who wins the Western Conference MVP for the All-Star Game?
0: Stuff. Off the bench. Whenever you whenever you're
2: the greatest three point shooter of all time, and you can get hot in an all-star game like that,
1: anything can happen. I didn't know Reggie Miller was playing. You mean Ray Allen? I was I was seeing what reaction you would get when I said that. I was waiting, I was waiting for that reaction when I said that. I was like, you mean Ray Allen? Like, uh, I was like, last time I well, I, mean, I mean Reggie stuff. Miller. because Reggie didn't have the same volume as Curry, that doesn't mean he wasn't any, it doesn't mean it any worse.
2: Hey man, you mean Jamal Crawford?
1: <sighs> okay, that's He's enough of that. That's enough there. of that. So we'll, so we'll move off of uh, the All Star Game talk and Cajun talking about all the old heads he happened to watch back in, back in my day. And we'll now move on to uh, another, back in Monday. An, an, another another offici- another officiating another uh, officiating callout. Anthony Edwards on the floor after a win over the Oklahoma City Thunder in ref- a first versus second clash between OKC and the Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards calls the refs trash, says it was eight on five. I think he's gonna get. I think he doesn't care if he gets fined.
2: I think he did get fined.
1: Well, of course he got fined. He said something about the officials. You don't say, I love the officials. I wear I wear shirts under my jersey saying, I heart officials. You're going to get fined. You're going to get fined. you got going to send them, like, love letters and, and send them, like, Valentine's Day gifts. Valentine's is coming up. It also came out that he said cheating blank refs. Yeah. I wonder what the blank was. Uh... It's it's the bad version of but let's just oh. put it that uh huh anyway so Edwards has not taken issue with re- referees and we've talked about it a lot and I don't like talking about it I know you do because you're a hater but it, the referees have continued to be a topic in the NBA and it is persisted and it's persisted and it's persisted throughout this entire season Cage.
2: See? See, in the background, even my dog doesn't like the refs.
1: Yeah, it's crying for the referees, too, man. You know, mailman out front, ref, ref! <laughs> my dog out here walling at these refs. Shout out to Loki, by the way. Yeah, because the, cause the dog will listen to this, Cage. If the dog starts listening to this podcast, you bet, you better start recording that. <laughs> we'll, we'll We'll take that show on the road, as my mother would say. But anyway, Cage, the referees have continued to be a persistent issue in the NBA from the coaching and athlete perspective. And this is after a win. Yeah, they won. The Timberwolves beat the OKC Thunder and Anthony Edwards still thought they were, that the officiating was bad and that they were 8-on-5. I mean, Shea
2: had more free throws than the Timberwolves combined. Now, Shea, he's a different player in this in the sense that, like, he's not like Anthony Davis who just flops all the time. Like, obviously he sells contact, which which other NBA player doesn't, but it's not to the same degree uh, a la Anthony Davis, a la Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Um... Who else really flops a lot like that? My, hello, my name is Joel Embiid. Hello, my name is
0: Joel Embiid, Cameroonian. Um, but the Timberwolves should not have had 15 free throws when they're attacking the rim.
2: One one less free throw than Shea Combo- Shay alope? Like, good on, Ant- good on Ant for calling them out. Because one team's attacking and not getting calls. Another team's just, one, one, one thing's not being called at one end, and then the same
0: thing for the other team gets called at the other. And it's just like, where's the consistency? Where's the consistency? Like it, it Like, it don't make sense to me. It just doesn't. And I don't know when this is going to change. And I feel like I mentioned this
2: before and you may I say a lot of crazy stuff, but you probably looked at me crazy after this.
1: Maybe it takes a player losing it out of ref physically for I did remember you hear saying this absolute heresy, and I definitely said it was heresy at the time, and I will still say that I do hope to I hope that that you're wrong. I hope that it I does am. not take some guy to put his hands on an official.
0: But all this all this complaining about the refs, all this finding hasn't gone anywhere. That is also fair. So if a player loses his cool like that at a ref, Maybe they think of ref safety at hand and change things, because it's it's gotten it, it it's it's gotten ludicrous. Like we should not be talking about the refs a lot. We shouldn't be knowing
1: about. We, should we shouldn't know, know their names. names. We should know their names. Huh? We shouldn't know their names we shouldn't be able to look at a game's officials and say, oh, this team's probably going to win. Do you know what that sounds like, Cage? What Tim Donaghy used to do. Yep. Which obviously, if you don't know who that, if you do recognize that name but don't know what I'm talking about, he is the referee that was caught and convicted of betting on NBA games that he officiated on. Honestly, it would not surprise me if they're doing that, except it's now legalized. Oh, they maybe. maybe they do what you do. Maybe they maybe they go in at halftime and say, Ooh, Barnes, two and a half turnovers. I'll take that. <laughs> you know, and when he does a little travel, blow the whistle, you know, two steps, one, two, whistle, travel, turnover.
0: Hey man, players love to travel. Players love to turn the ball over.
1: He probably should do that too, eh? Yeah, do you have any parlays for tonight? I assume you do. I've it before.
2: No, I usually do it. I usually do it just before the games. The game start.
1: You don't got any for us tonight. I do have a couple though. I do have a couple well, of picks. Well, you know what? We'll get into that in just a second. So yep. finish your point on the uh, the lovely referees in the NBA. The, the, the trash officials. Um.
2: Yeah, we shouldn't know them by name. We shouldn't know them by name, and I feel like. And I fear, based off of like the complaining that's happened from Darko Rajakovic, from Mike Brown, now from Anthony Edwards, like if a player lays their hands on a ref, that might be the only thing that could kind of change things. Because complaining, because uh, complaining to the officials, like it's happened a lot more this season,
1: and it hasn't, and we're still talking about the officials. And it looks like we may be still talking about them well and going into the playoffs. And we're just over halfway into the season. The All-Star Games in about two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. But before we move into the now-continued debate on the NBA Awards, the MVP slash, you know, all, all um, the All-Defensive and All-NBA teams, Sports spending has rapidly risen in, the, in popularity, and I want to connect you with all the opportunities to get mm-hmm. you started and get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there's no better time than to sign up right now, as Cajun and I have technically done, but Cajun more specifically. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash outrage, you'll be connected to all the sports books in your region, not just us here in Ontario, your region along with the reviews of each platform and its unique benefits. All these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through my link, you will automatically receive the top offers at each one. So normally, Cage, the offers are like, you know, hey, if you put in $20, we'll or match whatever you put in up to a certain amount. So you can double your money before you even start trying to place bets and trying to make some money that cage and Thiru Thinny Castleham does consistently. Consistently. Amen. Yeah, we did. When, yeah. when you use multiple sports books, you ensure you always have access to the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. Obviously, bet legally, bet responsibly, don't bet what you can't lose. All of that stuff, of course, please, please be careful. Yep. But Cage, you said you got a couple, Cage. So what do you got for your? Player props going into tonight's games. I think you went three one and I think you went three and one last week for Mike count. So. It Was three and one? Or no, I think it was two and two because you didn't get Gobert. Oh yeah. So technically I, it was uh, two and two. I'm looking at this right now. I got four in mind. All right, Kitch. So, so which one do you think is the most likely? So.
2: I have Cade Cunningham over six and a half assists. I mean, he's got to
1: be averaging more than that, doesn't he? I don't think he does. Well, who are the Pistons playing? The Magic. Oh uh, yeah, on, with the Magic slide since the in-season tournament, yeah, you you think that's probably not a bad bet. Hmm. And Cade Cade that... averages, averages seven and a half assists. That's, That's Kate's season average of seven and a half. Mm-hmm. He's had over, he's had over seven the last three games. He's had 12, 7, and 11 assists.
2: Yeah, that he has.
1: So what's next?
0: So Kate uh-huh. over
1: six and a half assists.
0: Emmanuel quickly over five and a half assists.
1: Emmanuel quickly over five and a half assists. That's obviously Raptors acquisition, Emmanuel quickly.
0: And Jokic, He's averaging six assists a game right now for the Raptors.
2: Jokic
1: over eight and a half assists per game. Eight and a half assists. And who do they play? Because who do the Raptors play tonight? The Thunder. The Thunder in OKC. Yep. Yeah. And Jokic, who averages nine assists a game. Playing who the do Portland. they play tonight? They play. Oh, Portland. Oh, dear Lord. You, you might... Honestly, that might not be a great bet because you might get pulled after the third corner. You don't... Th- well... The last time these two teams played, it was actually close. And he had a triple-double. I guess, I guess. And then and what's Jeremy your last Kraft one, play. Those are all assists, by the way. So Jokic over assists, quickly over assists, Cade Cunningham over assists, and who's the last one?
2: Who is the last one? I had one in mind, but now I'm changing it. Ooh, late substitution. Damian Lillard, they're playing against the Jazz, over two and a half made threes.
1: Oh, that should be easy for Damian Lillard. For Dame Dalla, that's got to be, that should be easy money. Yes, sir. So those are the four. Yeah, because he's made, it's over two threes, two and a half? Yeah, he's got to make three. Got to make three? He's made three and five in the last two games, so. Yep. You'd think that might be pretty good money.
2: Especially against the uh, Utah Jazz's defense, there's no there's there's no letter D in that, so it's defense.
1: All, all I have to say, Cage, is uh, the Celtics spread right now is nineteen and a half against the Grizzlies, and uh, I'm a big fan of my Celtics. Nineteen and a half's a lot of points. Nineteen and a half's a lot of points.
2: Hey hey hey! Based off of based off of the last time they were. Ranked bait <laughs> hold up, okay, okay, so you may have missed may have missed this earlier in the podcast- earlier in this episode where I kind of took a jab at Spencer Celtics for losing to the Lakers' b team
1: when doesn't he when doesn't
2: he uh, yeah fair enough, they were minus twelve hundred. <laughs> The Lakers were plus 700 that game pregame.
1: Well, the Grizzlies are plus one or uh, 1500 tonight. So, oh, again, 19 and a half.
2: You're 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 you you telling me Grizzlies money line is the call?
1: I'm not saying it's the call, but I'm saying I'm saying that that spreads kind of wide. The Portland Trailblazers are 14 and a half point dogs right now to the Nuggets. And again, if you don't understand spread very simply. If I bet the trailblazers plus 14 and a half, that yeah. means they, they can win or lose, but they must lose by less than four, by 15 points. If they lose by 14 points or less, I win. Mm-hmm. If I bet the nugget spread, that means they must win by more than 15. They cannot lo- They cannot win by any less than 15 or obviously lose. They have to cover the spread.
2: Yep. yep.
1: So I'm not saying I'm betting the Grizzlies in Portland tonight, but 14.5 and 19.5 are ludicrously wide spreads. And I'm not even saying that neither of those like two games could be that <coughs> lopsided, but you never usually predict they're that lopsided.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, put put all your life savings on Grizzlies ML.
1: Just kidding. Yeah, don't do that. Please, God, don't do that. <laughs> Cage, the Wizards have an 11.5 point spread against Phoenix. The well, Jazz a... are a better team than the Wizards, and they have a, lops- a worse spread. The Grizzlies are a better team than the Wizards and have a worse spread. Well, Grizzlies have a lot of guys out. They've had a lot of guys out. Oh, Kuzma's out for the Wizards. Wait, oh, yeah. what? The spread's only only 11 and a half without Kuzma? Never mind. Never mind. Is never, po- never mind. I, I just need to know
2: who's playing for the Wizards.
1: Well, it's Kuzma apparently is out, so.
2: Well,
0: Tyus Jones is also questionable, too. There's a lot of players that are questionable mm-hmm. for the.
1: But uh, anyway, before we continue divulging on Cajun's um, great habit, we're going to move on to the NBA Awards. So oh, if sure. you didn't know, I think it was instituted. Was it last year, Cage? The 65-game the season? Yeah. I think it was when, this. Year. I well, no, I thought it was last year. Was it? I think it was last year. I think it was at least last year. But regardless, they put in a new rule re- recently within the last couple of seasons that you must play 65 games, at least 65 games, 65 or more, to to qualify for the MVP, for the Sixth Man of the Year, for D- for DPOA or for DPOY. And for the All-NBA and All-Defensive teams. It has come under some ire from NBA players like Tyrese Halliburton, who feels that he will be taken out of contention for the award if he misses not a whole lot of games and because he's been actually hurt. And that's his argument. He's been actually injured. He's not been sitting out. And he has a chance of not being able to qualify for the All-NBA teams, which is money. In contract negotiations and incentives, because of injury, yeah. And I I I actually listened to what Stephen A. Smith had to say about this, and I rather agree with what Stephen A. said. With what he said, paraphrasing it is he shouldn't be mad at media or the owners or anybody but his contemporaries. He should be mad at at his predecessors. If it wasn't for guys taking days off that they don't need to, we wouldn't have this problem. If Kawhi Leonard didn't take so many days off, if Joel Embiid didn't take so many days off, if Anthony Davis didn't take so many days off, we wouldn't have this problem. But the minority of players that do not show up to work consistently are causing guys like Halliburton, who does, to have to deal with arbitrary rules. That's just the way the game's gone. What do you think, Cage?
2: There's a lot of hypocrisy surrounding all this. But isn't there? Because I'm going to bring up an example, not from basketball, but from the NFL, what they did with Russell Wilson. Um like I think he was supposed to have like he wouldn't meet um incentives if he played this this many games.
1: And they benched him.
0: And they benched him. Right. Right. But stuff like that But stuff like that and then I still have a big issue with this. And I've told you this before. How the Celtics did Isaiah Thomas Dirty. But with all that, with teams and owners doing that,
2: people are gonna say, if people are gonna say, and I think the average NBA fan is um
0: not the brightest, but it's a business and yada yada yada
2: and to a degree it is but the player is looking after themselves like a joel and who we seem to forget missed his first two seasons because of
0: because of injury so his career almost never started and then Kawhi
2: with his injury history those guys are looking out for themselves those guys are looking out for themselves. They see it as personal business for them. It's like they don't want to get hurt because an athlete, like, <clears throat> I hate, I kind of hate the argument that, like, from, like, the common person that we have to go to work. And, like, if we, if we don't go to work, like, we'll get fired and all that stuff. Well, a job, well, a normal job is different from an athlete, from that of an athlete. An athlete has a finite, finite
0: timeline. Because of their athletic prime, and going back to my other point, like if a player looks out for themselves, all of a sudden
2: they're not loyal. It's it's all this, it's all that. Why is it one thing for the teams and owners and another thing for the players? Like it doesn't, it it does not make sense to me. And yes, load management is an issue,
0: and. To sit out game, to sit out, to
2: sit out, to to like sit out games in which fans might see you once a year, pay tickets for like even the Lakers and
0: Celtics won. That was the only time the Lakers were in Boston, and LeBron and AD didn't play. But at the
2: same time, we are in an era in which injuries are more prevalent than years before, and players are more aware of their health and their bodies, and they want to take care of their bodies.
0: So I can't blame them for trying to take care of their bodies. Because if they don't, teams are just going to throw them to the side like that, unless you're a LeBron or a Steph Curry. So one thing gets shafted to the side and another thing gets critis and like if the players do the same it gets criticized that's the issue i have like and this is without me saying i think i think with that being said though the idea of a 65 game requirement it had to be done It had to be done. It's just unfortunate. It's just unfortunate because Tyrese Halliburton
2: has been hurt. Like, he literally did the splits live in a game and arguably came back early and then sat out for another five games because he didn't recover properly and we were all th- people were thinking that Embiid was resting against Denver but when you watch that game against Golden State he wa- he clearly was not himself and now he's got a meniscus injury so there goes
0: his MVP chances you would have to think so there's a lot of guys that are actually like being hurt and cannot play. And it's just unfortunate.
1: Definitely is unfortunate, but I guess, again, I kid you and I could disagree on this one. Just fundamentally, I understand injuries happen. I get it. But if, you know, you don't play even, you know, 65 games is, is say an arbitrary number. But if you don't play three quarters of a season, like, are you an All-NBA player? Are you a possible MVP? I don't know. Like, I, I think that's an honest question. If you don't play a third of the, like, if you, play, if you miss a third or, you know, like, I think if you miss a quarter, you know, sure, you miss a third, you know, you miss close to half, like, I don't think you really can be in contention for an award like the MVP.
0: Mhm.
1: So and
2: I don't think I disagree with that. I honestly, don't think I disagree with that. I disagree with like the like the players are right and like but also you can't miss that many games and be considered for all NBA. I just don't like the double standard. Like in terms of like load management and like this like players looking after themselves and like teams and owners looking after themselves because it turned
0: into that argument to a degree. I just don't
1: like the double standard surrounding it. I and don't. I, I, think- I disagree with you, Cage. I don't. I, I think you're right, but kind of happens when you're dealing with a billionaire. As the yeah, owners. Like, we don't realize these teams
2: and, own, like, these owners are billionaires? Like, does the average fan not realize that? Realize, like, when they when they try to side with the
1: team and the owner, I'm like, these teams make billions. I, I put it this way, Cage, and I say it usually with baseball, because baseball has no salary cap. It is billionaires argue, arguing with millionaires over thousands of dollars. And I try to side with the millionaires, even though neither party for an average person is a relatable party. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that what an owner will pay a player, they make ten times that, because there's no other, there's no other reason to pay them that if you're not going to make it back. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what's what's the, I don't know what the salary cap is right now in the NBA, but arbitrarily say it's 140 million. Maybe no, that maybe that's high. 120 million. 12 guys averaging 10 million dollars in salary. 120 million.
0: Mm.
1: If an NBA owner is paying not even into the luxury tax into 120 million dollars, they are making at least two or three times that. Or it wouldn't be? It would not be a sufficient business. And some owners probably do lose money because of the market they're in. But LA. Boston, New York, they make money hand over fist. Toronto, mm-hmm. even. So, you know, I try to side with the players, even though, again, both, in my opinion, parties are rather unrelatable when I don't have millions of dollars. I don't have billions of dollars. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it all again, that also just causes like, a conundrum when it comes to who do you side with? Yeah, when it comes to disputes of the CBA or, or or what have you. Well, we will move off of the 65 game requirement, and we'll do a quick NCAA roundup, and we'll end it with probably the the most interesting topic. I will just say the women's poll is pretty similar to what we last spoke. South Carolina still leads the way, the only undefeated. Top 25 team in the women's bracket, Kansas State second, Iowa third, Stanford four, and NC State, North Carolina State five. With a litany of other teams, and they're in the top 10 that are really good LSU, I saw there as another big team. Over on the men's side, some big games going on, as well as some big games that have happened. Actually, pardon me, I think I was looking at the men's bracket there. Kansas beat Houston. Kansas, Kansas uh, did beat Houston, eight beat four. NC State or uh, uh, UNC, pardon me, beat Duke at Chapel Hill in a big three versus seven matchup in a heated rivalry. Tennessee upset Kentucky at Kentucky at Rupp Arena. And this after UNC got upset too, not too long ago. Baylor also got a big win over Iowa State on a buzzer beater. Those are some of the big ranked games that were going on. We'll mention also Purdue and Wisconsin are going at it. And in the men's AP poll, as I mentioned, UNC is right now third. UConn's first, Purdue's second, Houston's fourth. They're going to drop now with the uh, recent loss. I know the AP polls are going to be changing up pretty soon. Yep. As well with all the recent losses going around the men's side. But to end on the women's side, as I mentioned, with South Carolina being number one and some big games going on on their side of the bracket as of late. Caitlin Clark dropped 38 yesterday. I'll say yesterday, but on Saturday, February 3rd, in a 93-85 win over Maryland. Yeah, she did. And she is now 66 points away from breaking Kelsey Plum's record for most points ever in a career. Caitlin mm-hmm. Clark's got seven games left. In the Big Ten schedule. Oh, she's easily. Caitlin Clark is going to explode this record. Now, Cage, it's just a watch of when's she going to do it. Because you wouldn't think she dropped 66 against Penn State on the 8th of February in her next game.
0: Is
2: is it at home? It is at home. Uh, They might just give her the ball
1: every time. I'll be honest, Cage. I, I if she doesn't get 66, which I know is a ludicrous number against Penn State, I hope she doesn't do it against Nebraska. Because that's at Nebraska. Against the corners. I really want her to see her do it at home. And she then her Iowa Hawkeyes play against Michigan at home on the 15th of February. So I really hope that if she can't break it in their upcoming game against Penn State, that she doesn't do it against Nebraska. Even if she gets, like, two points away and it's her first bucket against Michigan that breaks it, I just want to see her do it at home. I think it'd be poetry in motion if she's able to do it at home and not have to do it in an away arena. Exactly. But with the way she's scoring, Cage, you'd say that the game against Nebraska on Sunday, February 11th, will be the history-making day that she breaks the record. But it's coming. It's it's coming, Cage. She's right there. Most definitely. And again, she's probably going to be the first. Well, I'll say probably she is going to be the first overall pick in the upcoming WNBA draft.
2: Mhm. Like no questions asked.
1: So, and again, that WNBA draft upcoming, depending on if Beckers declares and and some of the 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 politics around that. This year's upcoming WNBA draft is going to be spectacular. There are so many good NCAA women's players that are going into the WNBA next year. It's going to be really fun to watch the WNBA this coming summer. It's going to be really fun.
2: Damn straight.
0: Like, we haven't seen this influx of talent in a minute. We just haven't. Yeah, and like, and her, she, her name's
2: kind of falling off a little bit. But even Angel Reese is in that conversation. So like, like, holy, like the NBA, the WNBA, and then Cameron Ring too. Like, the WNBA is gonna get a whole lot of a
1: whole lot of talent for the better, and. Can't wait to see it. I'm even sure she said Haley Van Lith as well for the LSU Tigers. Van too. And then I get it. Beckers declares Beckers will be in the contention for first overall pick with Caitlin Clark. So a lot of very very talented players going into the WNBA, and I can't watch. Yep, Ali Edwards. You also got um um Peely from uh Utah. Hmm. Who's been fantastic this year. So it'll be really interesting to see what the WNBA looks like next year with all these talented players joining in, and you still got the New York Liberty, and you still got the Las Vegas Aces, who are still primed to be the two top dogs over the WNBA.
0: Uh, this is going to be exciting.
2: This is, this is really gonna be exciting to watch, like this WNBA draft and like this upcoming WNBA season because, holy, will it be good? And this upcoming upcoming tournament too, because, you, got UN, you 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 got UConn, you got UCLA, you got South Carolina, who's still the top dog in like the rankings right now. LSU still the defending champs, like. That women's tournament is going to
1: be really interesting. Stanford with Brink, as you mentioned, Stanford too. Lots of talent, lots of great players, and we didn't even mention. And I will mention this: I think to end of the showcase with Caitlin Clark in tow is the 51 points dropped by Juju Watkins of the USC Trojans in a 67-58 win over the number four Stanford, where Cameron Brink dropped 19 points, 15 rebounds, and. Eight blocks in the loss. With so Juju basically, Watkins, 51. So quick math, the rest of her teammates scored 60. And we want, Sad Cage? One of her teammates dropped 12.
2: Oh, oh no. I was about to cuss. I was, I was about to Mackenzie
1: Forbes that. dropped 12 on pretty inefficient shooting. So do the math there, Cage. How much is 12 plus 51 is what, 63? So two other players got two buckets. That's it may it. not even be two buckets. It may have been just free throws. Oh no, no. It was buckets. I just checked. It was buckets. Oh, okay, okay. They they were buckets. They were they were twos. They may have even been deep twos, but they were twos. Got yeah, you. Juju Watkins had went fourteen for twenty-six from the field, seventeen for nineteen from the free throw line, and six of eleven from three to drop fifty-one points and eleven rebounds and four steals in a big ranked on rank win for the uh Southern California side wow, wow indeed, and again, against Cameron Brink and the Stanford Cardinals of all teams to do it against <laughs> like talk of ab- talk about when your best is needed, yeah, holy. Like it was needed and it was delivered. And that is also a USC record: fifty-one points in the league, which makes sense because in college basketball, if you drop thirty, that's a great night. Fifty-one is is insane. It is it is the astronomical amount of points mm. on the men's or women's side. Yeah. And that is the USC record for Miss Juju Watkins of the Trojans. But Gage, I think that does it for us. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we go? I got one more um, prop. Ooh, you found another one. So your fifth prop of the night.
2: Bradley Beal over nineteen and a half points.
1: Yeah. I mean, I am a Beal guy, so yeah, that, that one doesn't surprise me. They're playing against the Wizards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah. Yeah, the Wizards kind of suck. In Washington. Beal's first game back. With the chorus of cheers and or booze. Probably cheers. Yeah, so you would think he'd, he'd be up for that one. Of all games, yeah. it would be that one. That's the only reason why I'm taking it. Well, Cade, okay, for your fifth prop, and it came up for you to edit that and have to go through it and make sure you remember what your props were. So for Cajun Theruth and Castle, I'm Spencer Byers. Thank you so much for tuning in for that episode of Polar Opposites. We'll be, we'll be back this coming Thursday. When uh, we'll take it back to more ske- regular scheduled programming, trying to get back in the routine, Cajun, trying to get back in the routine. Yes, sir. So for myself, Spencer Byers, we'll see you again here on Polar Opposites on the Outrage Inc.